there. On Clubhouse? No, here. All right. We can go ahead and start here on Clubhouse. All right, I'll mute. I'll mute on here. Okay. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Overcomers Club. We are here in the Deliverance Chronicles. I'm very excited for what we're going to be doing today. Mom, if you could, if you don't mind tapping our profiles and giving us moderator, um, that way we can go ahead and get started. Thanks so much for joining us, Amil, Mo, and others. Uh, We're going to get started very briefly. And just excited because we're going to be talking about overcoming generational curses. This is a huge topic. This is an issue that I see a lot of the church body. And we're joined today by Deliverance Minister uh, Wayne T. Richards. Super excited to be here. Um, This is something that has been a long time in the making. I feel like God does all things well. And so just going to do a quick layout of the format of the show. We're going to be just talking about our testimony. That's what we do here in Deliverance Chronicles right here. And we have our podcast, The Overcomers Club. And we've been having this podcast since, since October. God led us to come here to Clubhouse. And so this is really, like, I'm excited. I'm thankful for it. Um, Mom, how's it going? It's going great, Maya. How are you tonight? Is going awesome. I think that there is amazing things that's going to happen. Some breakthroughs. Uh, we're going to be interviewing uh, Mr. Wayne here. And guys, do us a favor. Share this out. We know that there are people in our immediate circle that need deliverance. They need to understand why things aren't shaping up in their lives. They're trying to um, make changes. They're trying to grow. But there's things that the devil throws our way because we're ignorant that keeps us bound and so I just wanted to I guess we'll go ahead and just I'll talk about my experience with deliverance Um, I mean having to get delivered after finding out about generational curses Um, but mom you're actually the one that came up with the topic what about this topic did you feel like we had to discuss with the people tonight well um I felt the topic was very important because I know for a fact that as you and your two sisters begin to get older, as you entered high school, as you entered young adulthood, um, I saw some things that made me think about what impact um, the, the home that you grew up in with your father and I, I got very concerned about the impact that was having on the three of you. And when I began to really pray, first of all, I had to ask God to show me me. I had to ask him to show me what uh, curses I myself um, were dealing with that may have been passed down from my father, your grandfather. And uh, at the same time, I definitely recognized there was a lot of things going on with your father, right? That we all, even as a family, and even as he shared it with us, um, there were some things that were passed down from his father to him. And his just seemed to be a little bit more um, on display, so to speak. 
And so to give a little background for those who don't know the story, uh, mine and I have shared it several times on our Overcomers Club podcast, but some of you may not have heard it. So um, I was married to Kamaya's uh, father. Um, we, have, we had Kamaya and two other um, daughters. And there was just a lot of emotional, um, verbal abuse that happened during that marriage of 25 years. And at the time, I did not necessarily understand the impact as far as it being a spiritual fight. I knew for a fact that it was not what I saw as God's will. Um, I grew up in a church setting, so I knew, and I struggled with really, okay, this doesn't look like the way um, the scripture tells us that we're supposed to honor and love each other, you know, when we're fussing and arguing and and then he was going to extremes and sometimes things were turning into being very hostile and violent. And it, it took me um, a lot of years in that marriage to learn how to fight spiritually. And that's the whole point of the podcast. Um, we do everything we can every week to take things that are happening in our day-to-day lives and bring in the understanding of where the warfare really is. Um, the warfare was all spiritual, but if you're not aware of that, you'll spend a lot of time, as I did, fighting in the flesh. You'll spend a lot of time trying to make the other person change. You'll spend a lot of time trying to figure out how you can change. Yeah. You'll spend a lot of time, right, trying to, you know, meet anger with anger and, you know, I'm going to top you off and you say something to me, I'm going to say back to you. And in those situations, you feel so much like a victim. So it was not until the latter years of that marriage that God really began to, number one, help me see who I was in him. And that's so important. When we talk about overcoming anything, but even overcoming generational curses, it has to come from you understanding how God sees you. Because sometimes, even in your family, you may not be getting the right message as far as what God sees when he sees you. Unfortunately, sometimes we have parents that tell us things that are not of God. Sometimes, uh, in my case, we marry someone that tells us things that are not of God. And you have to. It's imperative that you see yourself the way God sees you. You you must. And so that's what God started to do with me. So number one, he began to show me my worth in him as a daughter, uh, of him that I was the daughter of the Most High. And then he, he began to tell me, you need to deal with this spiritually, daughter. You need to be more quiet and spend more time praying, um, spend more time in my word, and anything that's going to happen within him as well as you is going to only come from me. So I said all that to say, I think the topic is so important because um, number one, we're going to talk about how to recognize if you may be uh, in a situation where you're dealing with a generational curse and, uh, and number two, how to deal with it.
And again, our focus is how to fight things spiritually. Um, fighting things through the flesh, we're gonna all lose. I spent many, many years trying to fight it through the flesh and I was always feeling as if I was losing because I was. So that's really why this topic is so important to me because I knew as you and your sisters became older, that I wanted to give you and your sisters a legacy of understanding that this is all a spiritual fight. And I knew that God, God wanted us to be free. I knew, um, especially when your father died in 2016, that it was time to reset and to try to do things differently in our family as far as um, supporting one, one another, as far as um, being able to take the image again that God had given to us. And so I do want to go ahead and give the scripture that jumped out at me right away um, as far as this topic is concerned. And that is um, Ephesians 6 and 12. Because when we talk about generational curses, we're talking about generational issues. We're talking about family. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We think we do, but we really don't. Uh, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's Ephesians 6 and 12. So that's the most important thing is that you recognize your enemy is really not your family member. Um, your enemy is actually um, the devil himself that's trying to destroy families because that's the institution in which God has created. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. Um, one of the things that I noticed, like she talk, talked about the different things and how I grew up with my dad. Um, he was definitely fell into a multitude of curses is that I started as I got older. I'm the oldest um, daughter of my mom and my dad um, is that I was falling into the same patterns and I was doing absolutely everything in my power um, to make sure that I did not, uh, <laughs> like, I didn't want to have that same path, you know what I mean? Like, and I still fell into them. I still um, ended up marrying somebody that had the same spirit of my dad, of narcissism. I still fell into the same patterns of abuse. I still fell into those things. And so, I want us to go ahead and just pass the mic and get it, like start asking Wayne. And thanks so much for being here, Wayne. Um, if you don't mind introducing yourself to um, just anybody else. And really we wanna know about how, like what was your first experience about learning about generational curses? Cause I'm super curious. Um, for those who don't know Wayne, um, you should, cause you're here in Deliverance Chronicles. Even if you don't, he's a deliverance minister and he deals with this kind of thing all the time. But I'm really curious, what was his first introduction to knowing and learning about generational curses? You know, we might be having some technical difficulties. Um, meanwhile, guys, we put a link up at the top definitely give us a follow definitely let us know because it's a once we get into about the hour of the show we're gonna open up um opportunity for anybody to come on stage and add value get questions answered we're gonna be praying tonight it's gonna get i feel like god is really going to make a move and there's just certain things that we have to um try our best to um overcome so wayne yeah, I need you to mute your microphone. 
not on not on uh not on clubhouse but on um on the screen oh mine's muted i'm i'm getting feedback okay um for me uh as far as deliverance as far as generational curses uh I started noticing that no matter how good I was, no matter how brilliant I was, no matter how good the ideas I had from an entrepreneurial perspective, they could only get so far uh, before something would happen. And one of the greatest examples of this, I wasn't saved at the time, but I had a, a automotive shop where we tuned vehicles, uh, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, stuff like that. And then a producer from the USA Network came to us and was like, listen, we want to do a show like... Uh, paint my ride and we want to use your store as the example and I was like finally we've made it because we've been doing what others can't do or haven't done and we're finally getting the notoriety I'm thinking to myself I finally made it only to find out the very next day that the individuals that I put in charge to take care of the company's finances were doing so and so the marshals came the very next day and shut us down and so there went the opportunity and then I had another situation where I, I had eBay stores making stores sold as much as $18,000 a month and then one day I got an email from PayPal stating that uh, we have to shut you down because of the strategic ascension of the company we consider you a risk and so they shut us down and held the money for at least they tried to hold the money for a certain amount of months but I was smart enough to know that PayPal was in the bank and if I had um Uh, if I um, if I knew who to call and the pressure that I needed to put in place, I could get the money back. But here we go. This thing that I built for several months and worked it up and spent countless hours to get it to a place where I wanted to go. Suddenly, uh, it fell apart. Now, keep in mind, when you go to churches, depending on the church that you go to, you would hear that there's no such, such thing as generational curses. But here's the problem with that. The very fact that we need a savior is a sign of a generational curse. Uh, women, uh, childbearing being difficult, signs of generational curses. So when people try to use Galatians chapter 3 to say that there's no such thing as a generational curse, we know that is false. And so for me, was it just basically going through the scriptures and coming to an understanding of what a generational curse is, what is the evidence of it, and how we deal with it. And once I started to study and started to realize these things, I also realized that many of the situations that we incurred in life that we recognize that were cyclical for instance any of us who have any kind of sexual proclivities or propensities i guarantee you that you can look somewhere else in the family and find the evidence of it okay if you have a bad habit uh you have issues with alcohol if you have issues in drugs i guarantee you somewhere else in the family nine nine times out of ten you can find evidence of individuals in the family that had the same issues and so what that caused me to do is to really look through the scriptures and see what is the truth about generational curses and so when paul says in galatians chapter 3 speaking to the church of galatia oh foolish galatians who have bewitched you right and then he goes on to talk about did you receive salvation by the law or did you receive it by grace and any one of us that attempts to put ourselves or 
uh, try to keep the law, then we're under the curse of the law. So what we see in generational curses is this, there is some transgression in our family, in our bloodline, that brings us back to Deuteronomy where all the curses are listed. But if you listen to modern-day Christendom, they'll tell you, oh, when Jesus went to the cross, ha, and he, we, they nailed him to the cross, they nailed all the curses to the cross. Well, if that's the case, why we still got to do stuff? Why we still got to struggle to live this life if that is true? And the thing, the thing that I don't understand about Christendom is this. We want to suspend logic sometimes for faith when we need faith, and times when we need logic, we apply faith. You don't need faith to understand that generational curses exist. Because if we look at our family line, if we look at our families, we can see that there are areas that they're cyclical things. For instance, every woman in my family is either divorced or has never been married. The unfortunate thing is they are consenting adults. They don't believe like how I believe. So I have no authority over them. The authority that I have is over me and my offspring. Because what we need to understand, the generational curse is uh, associated with your bloodline. And we can look at Exodus chapter 20 real quick and see where that is. And it says, and God spake all these words saying, and I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything in the heavens above the earth or in the earth beneath, or that the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord, thy God, am a jealous God. Well, most people would say, oh, well, that is the Old Testament. Yes, that is true. Here's the issue. The origination of generational curses starts with idolatry. Meaning somebody in our family somewhere, grandpappy Moses and Aunt Beverly from 40 generations ago, decided to create an altar and bow down to a deity, a spirit, right? And because we are ignorant, we just think that the issues that we see in our lives are things that we have to live with because that is just our plight and that is false. And okay, so when we go to uh, verse six in chapter, Exodus chapter 20 says, and showing mercy unto a thousand generations to them that love me and keep my commandments. So if you love the Lord and you keep my, your commandments, who is God talking about, right? Simply John 14, 23 says, and Jesus answered to them and said, if you love me, he will keep my word. And so the blessing for a thousand generations are for us who have done away with. Listen, and here's the thing. When you understand generational curses and generational covenants, you have to understand that it's a legal binding agreement that can only be broken by a judicial act. Meaning that we have to go before God and say, God. I have this issue in my family where I see generational perversion. And as for me and my family, me and my offspring, me and my blood, from today forward, it shall no longer persist in my family. It is as simple as that. Here's the thing. The enemy does not just give up ground and not attempt to take it back. So what ends up happening is this. The enemy is going to look for an opportunity to regain that ground and as, we, as we've been teaching and talking about, sex in the dreams, food in the dreams, uh, talking to grandmammy, uh, grandma who's dead 40 years ago, and she coming to visit you and bringing you stuff and having conversations, that is a necromancy spirit, that is a monitoring spirit trying to reestablish a covenant with you so that they can continue to destroy your life. It is done through deception. Look, 
So I hope I answered that part <laughs> of the question. You definitely did. I mean, because that was one of those things that I have myself been trying to understand. Like, why um, are we dealing with these different things? Like, I, I'm 27. So I remember when I got introduced to Generation of Curses, I was already heavy under witchcraft attacks from my ex-husband. I was um, in a lot of the same patterns and I just kept thinking, oh my goodness, I did absolutely everything in my power to not be in the situation of abuse in the same cycle. But I think that the more that you understand, and this is something that God is just, just a revelation that I really hold on to a lot, is that the devil always tries to mimic something that God has. Just like there are blessings that God has, like generational blessings, their generational curses. So God would bless Abraham and all his children, right? And that was a promise of God. The devil does those things to put those in, in place. And so I had a question and I know that I, cause I've heard this too. Well, if somebody, and this is for you, Wayne, if someone has, is, is a Christian and they are Christian and they can now access the promises of God, how can they also be cursed? Like, and you might've already kind of answered, but I really want to dig deep on that because no. there are some, there's a lot, there's a large group of believers that don't believe that they are even under curses. And, and almost for me, what I've seen, it's almost as if there's a, the devil has like a blindfold on them where they can't see those patterns and they can't even deal with them. And so uh, what do you say to that? Well, here's the problem. In American Christianity, we are not well studied. We don't study. Tell the truth. We don't. Facts. And so because we don't study, look how many people on Clubhouse right now giving money to the prophets to get to the next level of wealth or to get healing or get to breakthrough. If you studied your Bible, you would know that that is a fallacy. But because we don't study, we don't, uh, we're not, we're not, we don't have access to the wisdom that is in the Bible. Number one. Number two, uh, we are lazy. So we don't study number one. And number two, if the man of God tell you that you got to fast, we think that not being on Facebook is a fast. That's not a fast. Because not being on Facebook, you're not going to die. We do not practice what the Bible gives us as prescriptions to give success or to get success from the, the spiritual foes. Uh, we have, uh, I went to a church where we had people that were, certified psychos when they didn't take their medication they were out of their mind and back then I didn't have the knowledge or wisdom that I have now but I still believe that there's something wrong with that well didn't Jesus go meet with the dude that was suffering with the palsies right and his father said forgive my unbelief and Jesus cast out the spirit so if Jesus cast out the spirit out of a, out of a man that had the palsy or a man that was insane that was in the tombs that would break chains how are we in 2021, 2015, whatever it was, still believing that we can medicate demons or we can counsel them instead of applying the ministry of deliverance. And so therefore we walk in deliverance, we languish in pain, we languish in suffering, many of us are in poverty, many of us are unmarried, many of us are suffering night terrors and traumas, and we don't know what to do. You know why we don't know what to do? Because we have not studied the gospel to understand that the enemy understand one thing power and authority 
And if you don't have the authority, then you don't have the power. And you don't have the authority because you don't know who you are. The Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, far above all principalities, powers, thrones, and a dominion. But if you go to the temptation of Jesus Christ, the first thing the enemy did was challenge Jesus's identity. If you be the son of God. Well, homeboy, wasn't you in heaven with me? You know I'm the son of God. But this is in the Bible so that we would understand as long as the enemy can get us to believe that there's an issue with our identity, then we don't believe we have the power. Okay? It is by that power that we subdue kingdoms. It is by that power we cast out devils. It is by that power we break curses. It is by that power we get breakthrough. As long as we continue not to understand who we are, the enemy is going to continue to wreak havoc. Look at our churches. We got sections for people in wheelchairs. We got sections for the deaf and, 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 and the dumb where we're doing sign language so that they would understand instead of us casting out the deaf and dumb spirit, instead of us praying that blind eyes would be opened, in in, instead of us praying that people's uh, mobility would be returned to them. You know why we don't do it? Because we don't believe it. We don't believe it. Because if we did, we would do it. And here's the thing. You need adequate application of the word of God to walk in power. Okay? But if we don't believe that majority of the issues that we have in Christendom is by a demon, we're not going to go after the demon. This is why Jezebel is wreaking havoc in the church. This is why you see all these churches with these uh, effeminate men, right? And masculine women. Lord Jesus, I'm getting in trouble tonight. Right? And so, because we don't believe that these spirits are evident and practicing and withholding and causing confusion and cause us to be sick and it's causing us to lose business deals. It's causing us to be overlooked. It's causing us to be shielded when it comes to relationships. It's causing us to experience childhood trauma and all these things. And listen, if you pay attention to your family members and what they've experienced, if you pay attention to your own life and your own experience, you will see that there's an issue. Here's the thing. Yes, I'm my mother's son, but my mother's plight does not have to be my plight. Why? Because Amen. as a free moral agent, I have the authority to break anything off that is on my bloodline. But until I understand that I have that authority, the devil continues to destroy our lives. John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy steal, kill, and destroy what? Whatever he has access to, whatever legal right that he possesses based on grandmammy who made a covenant with a demon thinking that she was doing us well. Look, and I wanted to say something to that point. Um, and, this, and what you just said was, that was my experience. When I went through my deliverance, um, it was very interesting. My, my uh, demons were telling a lot on my ancestors and we're talking about how there was a great um, grandparent of mine that sacrificed children to uh, Mommy Wata, uh, the water. Explain to them what that is. And Mommy Wata, for people that don't know, she is literally the siren spirit, uh, one of the queens of the coast in Africa. And she's also depicted in basically the Starbucks logo and can i jump in right there yeah definitely you stop come right in. <laughs> drinking starbucks 
When yeah. you drink Starbucks, you are in covenant with the marine spirit. They yeah, know exactly what they're doing. Why do you think Starbucks is so good? And they're everywhere. Um, and I'm going to tell y'all, I didn't know this stuff. And the only reason why I even got into this, like you say, this is not something that you just start getting into for fun. This is because I was dealing with demons shaking me and touching me at night, um, seeing things in the middle of the night, hearing things dreaming terrible things and my mom she could testify like mom you had experiences as well um and we were coming together fighting and trying to figure out what to do because it was so bad that once i had to i had to break free from this was a curse so the curse that came upon that sacrifice was um poverty um it was um divorce it was sickness. I had several sicknesses that came um, as an effect from my ancestors. And it was just a continuation. Um, even my marriage was part of a curse because it was to continue the curse of abuse in, in my family. And that's something that I had to overcome and thank God that I did. But like Wayne said, Minister Wang is like being very transparent and I want my mom to be able to jump in as well in the conversation and, and talk talk about her experience or as, you know anything that Wayne said that might have provoked her because when this stuff happens, you need to know how to fight spiritually. Like when this happens, you need to, I, I think it's better to be proactive and than reactive and go ahead and pray right now and have God lead you into what areas that you need to repent on the behalf of your forefathers or figure out what's going on in your family because that's where that's where the truth lies and I'm not going to be I'm not going to sit here and lie you know a lot of us in African American community the black community a lot of our families go through this cycle of okay we're going to be holy all of a sudden after we did years of hell and we're gonna conceal all the family secrets and we're just not gonna act like nothing happened. We're gonna act like that that abuser, that molester, that pedophile in our family didn't do what they did. And we do so much covering up of sin in our family and keeping those things hidden that when there is someone in the family that's trying to fight back, it's it makes it even harder of a fight to try to help them break those curses. Um, and those are some of those things that I feel like we have to stop in the church. We have to stop being so um, holier than art thou and have no, and we didn't repent or break anything that we caused. Um, and either one, mom, Wayne, somebody jump in. <laughs> That's in my opinion. Well, I, I, I can definitely say you said a mouthful, um, both you and uh, Minister Wayne. And, and that is your um, microphone on the screen. It is. Mine is mine is muted. Hey, you probably just need to um turn that mic. Um, yeah, like mute the actual computer. Okay, I can do that. Okay, there you go. You okay. sound great. Okay, great. Um, so as Minister Wayne was speaking, the scripture that came to my mind is how we were destroyed for a lack of knowledge, and as I shared, um. I grew up in uh, church as such as, I mean, I grew up in a traditional, I think he said in an American Christian church. And I say that to say, um, I, I was never 
ever taught about generational curses. Um, I was never taught about equipping myself to a degree that I needed to equip myself to fight spiritually. So much of what I saw was a lot of um, depending on the leaders to be the ones to help us become free as opposed to searching the word in the scriptures for ourselves. Now your grandfather, my father, um, he did, I would say, a good job of planting the seed of the word in me. Um, it wasn't necessarily prevalent across the um, the larger church setting that we were a part of, but the very first book your grandfather, my father, gave me was the Bible. So he planted that seed in me when I was probably 11 or 12. Um, and then he spent a lot of time on Sundays talking to us about searching the scriptures, searching the scriptures. And I remember as a young girl sitting in church and thinking, how many scriptures is he going to give us? But yet and still, he understood the importance of that. Um, so that was the good side of that. The other side of that is, like I said, in the larger church denomination, um, generational curses was not taught and actually understanding what spiritual warfare was um, happening was not taught. And really, um, that's why I love the reason why, one of the reasons why we do the podcast is because we spend a lot of time wanting to connect each of us as a whole person. Um, my, you said something very good about, you know, sometimes in churches we try to be holier than thou and we do a lot of separating we do a lot of i'm i'm going to only show you this sunday face and then i'm gonna deal with the rest of my life but we are we are all one person and so um we don't want to talk about and it does not serve us any good and we do not have the victories we should have because like you said we want to sweep those things under the rug and we want to feel like, and this is pretty much what I was told growing up, you know, if you, anything that you dealt with, um, you just go to the altar and you just pray and you just fast, but you weren't taught. You weren't taught exactly how to fast. You weren't taught how to take the right scripture, right, and appropriate it to the situation. And then anything that was too, quote unquote, taboo to talk about, they just didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about anything to do with, um, you know, sexual sins, no more than saying, the very do it. superficial, you know, uh, uh, don't fornicate. That was pretty much as far as that went in church. Uh, make sure you marry so you don't burn. Um, that was pretty much as far as that went. But when you start talking about um, the curses from your ancestors, that was not directly taught as far as understanding the connection from why do I deal with certain things as Minister Wayne said on up the beginning? Why are these things happening? And when you don't connect it to your family line and you're just going year after year, and one reason we don't connect is because a lot of us don't know, because as you said, my people in the family will not be honest. So when you're dealing with something and you go to somebody in the family and they say, I don't, I don't really know why you have that problem. I don't know. I never dealt with that. So a lot of times we just lie. And we lie because we feel so ashamed instead of understanding that is the purpose why Christ came to redeem us. But we cannot be redeemed from something we're not honest about. So um, God forbid, but our children suffer so much. We talk about the bloodline. Well, our children suffer so much because we as the parents will not be honest. And first of all, that's why I said I had 
to get my own understanding and deliverance before I could ever talk to you, Maya. I mean, we're close now because we were really thrown into a situation, as you said, where we were both experiencing the same thing and didn't even realize it. So to go more into that, um, like I said, everything switched so much from understanding that this was not a fleshly fight as much as it was a spiritual fight. When I began to get attacked after your father died is the first time I ever understood how real demons are. You know, like I said, I grew up in church and I, you know, taught about the devil and taught about the enemy, but it was not until he died and and that, that spirit of death did everything that it could to drag me into the grave with him. And I began to have those nightmares. I began to wake up uh, with wealth all over my body, had no wow. idea what that was originally. Did not, no one ever told me about it. Uh, I, I told tell Maya many times, I remember calling my mother, her grandmother, thinking, man, I must be allergic to some detergent. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> real. Next to this was an attack on the enemy, none. And mm. this kept happening. And I was like, what is going on? And then when you go from waking up with wealth over your body to the dreams begin to get so consistent and and I begin to pay more attention okay I'm dreaming the same dream there's got to be a reason and so the dream that I was having at that particular time was always something to do with um, your father coming back and trying to kill me or um, him not being dead and him still looming that type of um, dominance and that fear um, and I mean, the dreams were so real. I mean, there were dreams where it was, it was, I was trying to tell him, you know, you're not supposed to be here because you're dead. And he was telling me he wasn't. I mean, it, it, it became so real and so disturbing till I had to figure out very quickly, oh um, God, I need some help. I need, to, <laughs> I need to be equipped because I don't even know what's going on. Um, and it was really literally God himself that began to show me. I mean, I really did. I had to pray and God had to really reveal to me what was happening um, because no one else understood and I didn't even know. And God began to tell me and show me, you are being attacked by the enemy, sweetheart. You, you need to put on your spirit. This is not about a detergent. This is not about allergic reaction. This is about the enemy trying to destroy you. Um, and, and so I had to... Uh, I had to fast and I had to pray and I had to ask, ask God, okay, how do I handle this? And it was the searching of the scriptures. It was the scriptures that began to, that I began to learn how to uh, take, take authority and, and begin to speak that I did not have the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But see, the, the lack of understanding is the, the key. So, so you have so many dynamics we'll be talking about tonight. You have not even understanding, which I did not, that the attack is as deep as it is spiritually. And then as Minister Wayne said, and then unfortunately, when we start to understand some things, then we don't really necessarily want to do anything about it. We just, well, you know, I'll just hopefully God will, you know, he will take care of me. But he, he equipped us. That's why he sent Christ. And he equipped us so that we can be able to have the authority and speak the word. But you can't speak that that you don't know. So when we don't study and when we don't understand how to appropriate the word, uh, the enemy is just dancing all over us. He's just laughing and dancing all over us because he understands. Well, as long as I keep them from understanding what the word is, 
And as long as they don't speak the word, because the word itself has power, then I can just keep doing what I'm doing. So being honest, being honest, that that is what every single podcast, my personal desire is that we understand that there is nothing, nothing that God doesn't already know that's in us, that's in our generational line, is in our bloodline. And there's nothing that we cannot be forgiven of, but we cannot expect God to do it without us being honest. He's not going to break in on us. He's not going to make it go yeah. away. You know, he's not going to say, well, I'm just going to take it. No, we have to bring it to him. And so earlier about we have to repent of those things that our ancestors did. But if you are number one, not being honest about what's going on, then you're not going to repent because you're in denial. And then number two, if you allow the enemy to make you feel as if you are just stuck in that cycle. And that's what I see so much in our African-American families. You know, we almost wear this badge of honor when we act a fool in our families. Well, that's how my granddaddy was. That's how my mama is. And we act as if, well, that's just the way we are. You know, you hear a lot of us say, that, well, that's just the way we are. So we raise hell and we cuss and we do all those different things. And then the children sometimes feel they have no choice. Well, I don't have any choice. This is all I know. This is what my family has done. This is what my mom did, my dad did. And that is the point of understanding that, yes, that may be very well with being in your bloodline all the way from many, many generations. But you, you, as you said, Maya, you can be the one in the family to take a stand and say, it stops with me. It stops with me. And so when you and I begin to have those conversations, what was so crazy about that? At the same time, I was having nightmares about her father. She was as well, but we didn't even know Yo, it at the time. It was so crazy. We was having the same exact dreams. We were having the same experiences. Um, and to that point, I want to ask Wayne another question too, because what you said, I'm really pricked something. But I also want to give the scripture in Proverbs 28 and 13, where it says, "He that covers his sin shall not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes yeah. them." have mercy that and understand like that's a promise as well like you activate a curse spiritually upon yourself when you cover your sins and i feel like that's something that we do in our families a lot and that's why we can't prosper um together um wayne i was, we, asking, I was gonna say this real quick my we also perpetuate yeah. the curse by what we say yeah yep. the power of the tongue right so uh, we we spend so much time speaking curses over ourselves and then wonder why we're not blessed because you perpetuated the curse by what you said. So if we can learn how to say what God says, and I say this all the time, we spend too much time trying to feel our way through the faith walk. This is not a feeling walk. I mean, you're going to feel all different types of emotions but that does not get the power of god's word so sometimes we try to you know we're, we're so locked into the emotional spectrum of ourselves i gotta feel you know do i feel faith do i feel saved do i feel no it's not about feeling he said that you know we walk by faith so um be careful what you say because um parents please mothers please be careful what you speak over your children Please, please don't curse your children with your words because I hear that so often. 
cursing your own children by what you say. And you yourselves, even if you were someone who your parents spoke something over you, and that's what I was saying earlier about I was married to someone that spoke so many negative things over me, and God finally had to get me to understand, baby, what I say about you is what's true. Quit, quit repeating what somebody else said and say what I said about you because that is what's true. Yeah, no, that's the facts. Um, absolutely. Um, and Wayne, um, I want to ask, I know that you have, you probably got a lot to say as well about what my mom said, but I was wanting to know, like, for those who don't know, like, what are some signs um, of generational curses besides just, um, you know, limitations in life? Like, what would be some things? And then, you know, whatever else uh, you wanted to say as well in response to what my mom said. Good question. Okay. Go ahead. Oh. Mom, you had a question? No, she just said. Uh, that, was, that was a good question that she asked. Uh, I would love for you to expound on that. Okay. I want to go back to something that you said earlier. I was doing a deliverance from a lady in Louisiana that I've never met. We're doing it on Zoom. I can't know her. But her demons knew my bloodline. So we're dealing with a demon of infirmity, a demon of sickness that was in her, attached to her. But the demon turned around and said, yeah, I know you too. I said, how do you know me? Your forefathers sacrificed to me. I was like, what? What did they sacrifice? Food. Okay, I'm not surprised by it, but I've never had a demon before that said they knew my bloodline. And here's the thing. Those of us who are of African descent, and it, the, the ethnicity has nothing to do with it because each group of ethnicities have their stuff with them that they have done. The, the Asians, they have Taoism and they have Buddhism and they have all of these false religious practices where sacrifice and altars are the mainstay in that practice, okay? We have African-Americans, those of African-American descent. If you're from Louisiana, or you're from the South, you hear about people putting roots on people. But if we take it back to Africa, we know of ancestor veneration. We know of witchcraft. Uh, that continent has the most occasions of witchcraft practices, more than any other continent. And if we are descended from them, if the curses are attached to the blood, then if we look and pay attention to our bloodline, we can recognize that there's some things that we're dealing with that, I don't know, 30 generations, 40 generations ago, somebody did something that has been perpetuating through the years. But I didn't want to just say this without giving you scripture. I wanted to give people scripture, right? So if we look at Exodus 20, which I spoke about before, I think we need to look at it again. Verse 3 says, Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. That's a whole nother conversation. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord, is a jealous God visiting the iniquity, iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Right? So that scripture is letting us know anything having to do with idolatry will, uh, at some point in our lives, if it's not stopped, will come to a head as a generational curse. Now, let me give you the scripture in Galatians. I mentioned it earlier, but I want to give people scripture because I'm tired of people that don't know what they're talking about, who's never cast out a devil trying to debate scriptures with you, whether or not demons, uh, Christians can have demons and whether or not the curses exist. So I'm going to give you the scriptures, right? 
generation, I mean Galatians chapter 3.13 says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth from a tree. That simply means that God has given us the authority to Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection that we now have the authority to break the curse. For we were crucified with Christ Jesus, right? That's what the scripture says. Ephesians 1.21 says, We are far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. The scripture says you are above every name that is named. Name the name. You are above it, right? And then it says, right? Uh, uh, but also in that which is to come. So you are above you're far above all principalities. Now, this is denoting governance. Principalities, powers, and might, and dominion. Dominion means rulership. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. So God is saying we have the ability in, in, in future generations to be above the things that would be presented to us, right? And then Ephesians 2 and 6 says, And he has raised us up together and made us to in heavenly places with him, meaning that we are looking at our situation from a position of power, authority, and governance. This is the favorite one. This is the one. This is the one that caps it all. Revelation 21, 1 to 3, reads, And he showed me a pure river of water, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was a tree of life, which bare 12 manner of fruit and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for healing of the nations. Verse 3. Make sure y'all get this. And there shall be no more curses. That's the last book of the Bible. So that means yep. curses flying left and right. We're opening our mouth and saying crazy stuff. I remember me and my boys at the bar, you know, where the dough boys hang out. And we there trying to see who we going to pick up tonight. And I'm at the bar and I'm saying, well, if I ever go to the clink, I'm going to the feds. Not realizing I just placed a curse over my life. I did six years in the federal penitentiary. I remember my mother saying, you're going to be just like your father. Well, you know, Wayne, Wayne had to be worse than his father. I became a worse devil than my father. Why? My mother, as my spiritual covering, gave the enemy the authority to influence me in my life to be a vagabond, to be a whoremonger, to be a serial fornicator, to be a thief, to be a robber. You name it, I did it. Okay? And so we need to be careful. Listen, hear me. If y'all ain't never listened to me before, listen to me tonight. When you are believing God for a miracle, the minute you open your mouth in doubt and start speaking against it, kiss your miracle goodbye. It is done. And the enemy knows this. There are situations in our life that he cannot stop. He's out of shots, out of bullets, out of maneuvers. God has said, I'm going to do this thing for Kamaya. All I got to do, the devil say, all we got to do, listen, right? We got to give you know, pressure bust pipes. We got to apply enough pressure so she can testify that she don't believe it. And then we can go to God and say, well, God, you know, Kamaya don't believe what, he, what she was talking about. She was believing you for. So we want the authority now to take that thing from her. 
That's why we don't see miracles. That's why believers are languishing in situations for a long time, because we don't understand your faith is not determined by how you feel. God don't care nothing about how you feel. God cares about if you believe him or not. And you got to think about it this way. The God of all creation that spoke it all into existence, that created the human body, that 3,000 different functions must occur by itself without you even thinking for you to be alive we don't even trust him with our future and by saying that we're saying our father's a deadbeat dad he don't care nothing about us he gonna just let the devil tear us apart the thing about covenants and curses is this god as a sovereign god that gives freedom will never force you into a situation that you've you've already testified that you don't want no matter how good it is for you let me tell y'all Ladies, I'm not beating up on y'all, but as long as y'all keep saying all men are bums, you ain't going to never get married. As long as you are not preparing yourself to be a Proverbs 31 woman and praying for your husband, you're never going to get married. Why? The enemy is against families. He's against the governance of God. And he just got to let your experience, that one bad boyfriend you had in college that turned you out and made you feel bad about yourself to make you go get five and ten degrees. You still mad, never got delivered. And when you get together with your girlfriends, all you're talking about is how bad men are. What you think gonna happen? And men, let me talk to y'all too. All the stuff that we have done to women to act, to cause them to believe, to behave the way that they do and never been in a position to bring healing from grief, sorrow and pain and you mad when she takes for child support. Take care of your kid. But we keep saying these words. Let me tell y'all something. I had to check myself because I found myself saying it again. I'm driving down the street in New York City. Bed side, do or die. That's a curse. Okay, And I seen these kids playing in the street And one of them runs out into the street Backwards so he's not paying attention To what he's doing And I say to myself Excuse me y'all These little niggas The Holy Ghost checked me right there And said that is a curse Okay I'm going to give you some more He started to show me How we have taken a, a term That is uh, a term created To deride and uh, and, and, and label a group of people who are involved in slavery and we have taken it as a term of endearment knowing that the devil don't care about how you feel or what you think it means all he cares about is the legality behind it and we run around calling ourselves niggas and calling ourselves bitches and then wonder why we can't do no better because you have declared by your own tongue who you are and so when he showed me that I had to repent I'm from Brooklyn I grew up in Brooklyn. That's how we talk. I had to check myself. The other thing that he showed me was this. Stop. Well, we shouldn't as Christians. Y'all shouldn't be cursing no more. Do you know where the term mother effer comes from? That was the strongest black man in the camp on the plantation that they would take and have him sleep with all of the females that the slave master owned, right? And now we take the term and we use it so cavalierly to label individuals. And then we don't understand why our black men uh, have a lack of responsibility, don't have a sense of purpose because we have fallen into the pattern of placing these labels on us. And let me tell you something. 
the minute that we begin to understand that the power of the tongue is the most powerful thing that we have, we would be careful with the things that we say. We're the ones that place curses on ourselves and then we have to deal with the repercussion and we go to God and say, oh God, why, why these things happen to me? I don't know why I'm going through all this. Your mouth. Your mouth. Because I God has I got to honor the things that you say. When the dent listen, and another thing, Christian, stop calling the devil dumb. Stop calling him stupid. Because he's not. Look around. Look around. Does this look like we're dealing with a foe that is unintelligent and not filled with deception and guile and knows exactly how to deceive us? Look how many people ran, Christian people ran and got the vaccine. We didn't believe Psalm 91 anymore. We ran out there and got the vaccine. We were in masks and windshield wipers in church and then saying that the Holy Ghost is here. Because we believe the lie. And we call the devil stupid. Well, we can't. We don't even know if we're coming or going. Not understanding that when he surveils us, he surveils us and goes before God and tells the truth. That's absolutely true. I saw Wayne in the closet watching porn. Uh, 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 can I just withhold this thing that he's believing you for because he doesn't even have control of his members and he's so prideful, he won't even repent and say, God, I got a problem. So the devil goes and the model for that is Zechariah chapter three, Daniel chapter seven. The devil goes and accused, the word accuser of the brethren in the Greek is anti-dekos, and that means against your rights. What is your rights? The right, your rights are the promises of God. So all the enemy has to do is to get you to do something that the promises of God are withheld from you. And we going through hell. We mad at Jesus. Jesus, why are you ain't rescuing me? And Jesus said, because your mouth's saying that you don't want to be rescued. Your mouth is saying that you love being in the situation that you're in. And greater than that, your grandpappy done sold you down the river and baptized you to devils. And I have to honor the covenant that's on your bloodline. And until you say, God, reveal to me the problems that I'm dealing with, it's going to continue to occur. And this is why people are jaded with Jesus, jaded with the church, and seeking out new age, witchcraft, and all these things. Because we don't believe the Bible. I know I said a lot. Look, you said just, you said perfectly enough. And, and this is something that we do. Like, this is the Overcomers Club podcast. Um, we're all about how you overcome these things. And so um, I definitely want to ask that question. Like, what do you think are the proper steps? And then I, me and Ma can definitely testify what we did to be able to overcome these curses. But what, what are some, like, what are the steps for anybody that's trying to break generational curses um and then we have a few questions and we're gonna open up hand raising we got a few people already on stage and just have a dialogue conversation yeah so we were just trying to see like what are the few like what are some practical steps or how does someone go through that process of getting generational curses broken off their life that's a wonderful question And let me tell you, quite frankly, it's not going to be easy. It requires work. Well, if we know that anything in life that is worth doing is difficult. And so if you want to be free, you're going to have to work. Not in the way that you think that you're going to have to work. 
All I'm saying is you're going to have to lay out before God. You're going to have to put that notepad by your bed. You're going to have to lay down your food, your plate. I know y'all like them chicken nuggets. We're going to have to put the, the chicken nuggets away. And we're going to have to do according to Isaiah 58. Not the fasting from Facebook, the fasting from Instagram, or the fasting from TikTok. We got to put the flesh and the devils under submission. How do we do that? Let's go to Isaiah 58. I'm glad you asked. Okay? I don't know why I don't have the scripture up before, but we need to, because people complaining that I just be telling people what to do and I don't be giving them no scriptures. But guess what? I'm giving y'all scriptures tonight. Okay? Isaiah 58 verse 6, verse 5 says, Is it a fast that I have chosen? Right? A day for a man to afflict his soul is to sit to the, sit to bow down his head like a bulrush, a bulrush of those things that you see by your ponds, by your rivers, uh, and to spread out sackcloth and ashes. That is a Hebraic act where people, when they were mourning or fasting, would uh, throw dust over their head and get the worst clothes that they have, and they would wear it. I'm not saying y'all got to do that. Would you call this fast? And an acceptable day of the Lord. So this is God asking these people, this bull crap that y'all trying to pay me as a fast. That ain't it. But I'm going to show you what it is. Verse 6 says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free? Who's the oppressed? And to break every yoke. Who is yoked up? Is this not to share your bread with the hungry and that you would bring to your house the poor? who are cast out when you see the naked and to cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. That means your own family. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear God. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer you shall cry, and he will say, here I am. All right. Layman's term. The proper fast is this. When you turn over your plate, every time that you are supposed to eat, number one, you ingest the word of God. Second thing, replace those meals with finding people that are less fortunate than you, Erica and I, when we are fasting, we actually drive out of our community and try to find people that are in need. And we feed Amen. them. We clothe them. We buy them groceries, right? Because let me tell you something. I'm believing God for some big stuff. My plane is 75 million. I got to fast. All right? Then, right, you stay away from strife. Because when you're fasting, the enemy is going to do things to agitate you and your own flesh is going to agitate you listen when i'm hungry i'm the most miserable person you could ever meet that is my flesh right and he says if you do these things so we're ingesting the word we're feeding the homeless we're looking for people that may be on the street when your family calls you for help you say all right i know you've been asking me for help for twelve thousand times i'm gonna help you the twelve thousand and one time why because it benefits you Although they may think that they're getting over on you and they're pulling one of the shenanigans over on you, God counts that as you responding to a need. And by the Spirit, you can know if they're legitimate or not. And then if you do those things, he says, when you cry, meaning when you call on my name 
I will hear you. When you cry, I will see your tears. That thing that you believe in me for, that everybody thinks impossible. Your whole family think you're crazy. That you are about, about to buy a house with no money. Free and clear with no mortgage. Oh, that's impossible. Your credit score 400. I know how to fast, though. Come on. Look. And right? you ain't... Ooh, you coming through with the truth. Like... I know how to fast, though. Yo. Fast okay? Is- I'm going to give y'all some more. Fasting is everything, y'all. Keep listening. He says, I will break the yoke. What is a yoke? A yoke is a device that holds two animals together. So the weaker animal always pulls, the the, um, the stronger animal always pulls the weaker animal and is in control of their destiny. So whatever spirit that you are yoked to that is in control of your destiny, he's going to break the power of that demon off your life. Right? Then he says, right, that your darkness will be as the noonday sun. Good God from Zion, I feel like preaching. Your darkness will be like the noonday sun. And then he says, the spirit of the Lord will be your rear guard, meaning that they can't be ambushments from the rear because he is looking. All right. Now, let's take this back to even farther in the Old Testament. You know why the Egyptian army could not proceed on the Israelites at night? Because the pillar of fire was not only to illuminate the sky so we could see where we're going, but it was an impediment from the enemy proceeding on them when we should be resting. You know those nights that we can't sleep because we have these night terrors and night traumas and these demons pulling your leg and scratching you. You wake up, look like you was in a fight with Mike Tyson and you don't know what happened. That will not happen anymore because God, based on your submission to his word and you laying down the plate. You know how we want stuff but we don't want to sacrifice nothing? He's not even asking you to sacrifice stuff that you can't do. Let you be depressed. Some of us get depressed, don't eat for three days, don't even think about it. So you're trying to tell me, in order to get this thing that I want from God, in order to get this devil that's been in my family since Jesus was a baby, in order for all my kids to go to college and graduate, mama, you can't tell me you can't turn down your plate? But then we look at the sacrifice that Jesus made to die on the cross for our sins. For something that he did not do. To take the judgment from his father. For some wretches that were standing at the cross, cursing him out, talking about, why don't you pull yourself down? You save people, why don't you save yourself now? And he endured that for us. Hung on a cross, right? In a loincloth for CNN, MSNBC, and all the networks that existed back then to witness this. But we say we love him and we can't keep his commandments. We say we love him and he's showing us how to be victorious and we can't do it. I'm going to uninstall Facebook from my phone for three days and I'm not going to go on Clubhouse. But (laughs) y'all need to stop. Come on. Y'all need to stop. Y'all act like if you don't eat for three days, you're going to die. You're not going to die. You're going to just be mad. You're going to be angry, agitated. But them demons going to be mad because the, the spirit of the God is whooping on them to make them weak. That's right. Yo, let me tell y'all something. If I heard any place else, I know y'all told. I owed $14,900 in rent in arrears in New York City. I didn't know anybody that had that type of money. 
My car was repossessed. I audited all my classes working on my masters because I couldn't afford it. I went out one day. The car was gone. The car was repossessed, which means I couldn't work. Now, I'm a man of influence, okay? God has given me the ability to speak, right? And God was showing me, I'm about to show you something, son. All that willy boba that you can spit, that you can get people to agree with you to do things, ain't none of that going to work. Couldn't call nobody. My mom is calling me Wayne. Love my mom. Ma, Wayne, I think you should pack your stuff and just go to your sister's house. My mom's West Indian. And I was like, no disrespect, mama. Holy Ghost ain't say that. And you see, sometimes your parents mean well, but it is not the voice of the Holy Ghost. So I stayed the course. I would get up every morning. After I dealt with the spirit of depression and anxiety, I would have to tell these spirits every morning, you're not going to have me today. I don't care what you say. I already know what God said. Here's the thing. We don't always feel like that all the time. But that, I was in such a situation. Man, I had to say it. Because the Bible says, out of a person's mouth flows the issues of life. You got to learn to believe this thing in your heart to the point where you are able to testify of it before it has come. Let me tell you how it happened. Anybody from New York City know the worst thing you can happen to do when you're backed up on your rent is for the sheriff to come knock on your door and put that three-day stay on your door. But you got to be out. And if you ain't out, by the time they come, they put all your stuff on the sidewalk and they don't care how valuable it is. Right? So I go down to the housing court, my legs shaking. I'm praying, should have bought a Honda and all the way down on the bus. I ain't no car. I ain't took a bus in years. I get down there, find my name on the list, and I go in the room and I sit there. They call my name. They call a mediator and they call a lawyer that represents the landlord. And the way the lawyer was talking, I'm like, he's going to get fired. He said, Mr. Richards, you are one of our favorite uh, residents. And I'm saying to myself, I owe y'all 15000 How could that, that means the rest of them must be worse than me. But I didn't realize that was the favor of God. Then he said, just tell us how much time you, leave, you need. And once you leave by that time, we will nullify the arrears. So like, good God, this man about to get fired, about to give away these people's money. But what I didn't realize is, me turning down the place, me being in a position where I can only speak to my father about my situation and listen to him for the strategy to win. They gave me as much time as I requested, not what they uh, uh, suggested that I should have. Me being a little chicken, I said August 1st when I really should have said September 1st. I was allowed to live in that apartment for four months with my arrears and they kept my security deposit. Okay? Because I fasted. But there's more. Because God will always give you a bonus when you fast. I'm not going to graduate because I've been auditing the classes and some of the classes had requirements to do the work and I didn't do the work. So that, I told you guys a story before how I wrote uh, 12 papers in two weekends. Two Red Bulls and two packs of M&M's every night for two weeks. And I wrote them and met the qualifications and graduated. But look how the Holy Ghost played this one out. I need to submit my credo, which was my, my statement of faith, what I believe, uh, all of what we study during those four years, not realizing that when I submitted it, I didn't submit it to the professor that was my credo reader. 
I sent it to the wrong email address, which caused him to call me. So he calls me, right? And he says, brother, he was from uh, Ecuador, brilliant man. And he says, I didn't receive your credo. And I said, it's impossible. I turned it in, I turned it in uh, months before. Because you had like three months before you turned it in your junior year and in your senior year, you just put together all the stuff that you worked on. He said he never got it. Me realizing that he sent it to, I sent it to the wrong email address, which caused him to call me. So while he's talking to me about it, I finally upload it and I send it to him and he received it. And he says, brother, he starts prophesying to me. He says, you have an arrears. I start crying because, you know, back then, yeah, I got to pray for me. I was prideful, so I didn't want to tell nobody. So you would ask me if I need help. I would say, no, I'm good, because I want to give the impression that everything is always good with me, which is a lie from the pit of hell, and it's pride. And I had to admit that I needed help. And he said to me, don't worry. I'm going to make sure it is taken care of. And offered me a full scholarship for my doctorate, all because I fasted. It was months later, because even after I got the victory and I'm celebrating, I'm praising God, I'm starting to get letters from the bursar talking about, yo, you owe this. And I would go back to God and God would say, didn't I already tell you that I've given you the victory? Stay the course. Why? Because the enemy knew that I met the requirement that God had. So now he, got to, he has to get me to abort it through what? Doubt. I get a letter from the president of the seminary and it reads a, 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 a wealthy benefactor has paid your arrears. God bless you. So y'all got to call me Dr. Wayne now. Right? Because I fasted. Couldn't call my mother. Come on. Couldn't call my brother. Couldn't call my homies I used to sling dope with. Couldn't call the women that I used to sleep with. Couldn't call my ex-wife because she wouldn't throw water on me if I was on fire. But all I could call was my heavenly father and follow his instructions. And I won the victory. So I'm not telling you what I believe the Bible says. I'm telling you the application of the word and how it works. What does this mean, Brother Wayne? Any issue that you have, any generational curse that you're dealing with, the Bible says that there is a type that only comes out by prayer or fasting. Number one, we don't pray. We always looking for somebody else to pray for us. How else you going to know how to develop this relationship with God through conversation unless you pray? Number two, we don't fast. The poor in America, compared to any other part of the world, we poor with big bellies with iPhones talking about we broke. No sacrifice. We don't want to do nothing that is hard, that is beneficial to us from a spiritual perspective. When Jesus went to the cross and paid a price that he, he didn't have to, why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth on him shall not perish and have everlasting life. That's why. And even then, he's still saying, any other foe that you come up against, if you make them your enemy, I will make them my enemy. And I will show you how to win these victories. Come on. These curses do not have to exist in your family. But we are afraid to pray and fast. Let me tell you all something. We believe that when we have financial needs, we need money. 
God doesn't have to give you money because he does, he'd never created money. All you need is favor. If you have the favor of the Lord, that is better than silver and gold. Paul and Silas meeting the, the dude that was crippled. He was a beggar. He didn't even want to be healed. He just wanted some food. And they said what? Silver or gold have I none. But such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. The power of the Holy Ghost. That's like having an ATM card with $15 million on it. And you outside the bank begging for coins. That's what we do. Oof. Man. Ooh, That's what we do. You ain't lying. You're not lying. It's because I was I was that person, and that's why I'm like I'm so glad of how God puts us together, and how we're doing what we're doing now. Because I know there's some people in the room where you are don't understand that God has created you, and for you to be saved, you should be accessing the favor that He has on your life. And there's scriptures where if you just speak that. You will start to see it, but we got to know the word of God. We got to learn the Bible. We got to be able to fight back spiritually. And we got to learn how to stop cursing ourselves and speaking against what God already said. Because like you said, he's not going to validate or let nothing go through if, if we are doubting and we're speaking against and cursing ourselves. And real talk, I'm thankful for your testimony of just what God's done in your life from where you started and now where you're able to even get like a doctorate um, with the favor of God. And I just had a testimony myself. And when I tell y'all, uh, talk about how we overcome. And guys, if you want to start coming up on the stage and just talk about it, it's true. I'm going to tell you how I overcame having generational curse. Like these different curses was I was already on a fast. I was going to a church. I had no idea what to do. I just knew. I had different things in my bloodline. I had different curses that I was um, then married into, and I was needing God to free me. I was, I felt this, this was, guys, and I'm gonna tell you right now, full transparency, this was less than a year ago. My mom be my, she's being my witness right here on the stage. Less than a year ago, it was almost like, a, it was a demonic prophecy where I was gonna die early. I felt it in my spirit. I had another person dream, a close friend of mine dream and said, Kamaya, I'm scared. I think something's going to happen to you. My mom, she said the same thing. Yes, like, I within, did. Look, within did. 24 hours of each other, it was the same thing. And it became... Wait, go ahead, mom. No, I, I, was, I was just reiterating. I, I certainly did. And that just hit my spirit so strong because it goes back to... And I, I don't know why this keeps reiterating in my spirit about the power of parents and mothers and fathers because uh, I remember I remember I was I was feeling where just feeling heavy and uh, over the years God has helped me understand that so often we as mothers I can only speak about being a mother uh, we carry our children in our spirit so a lot of times when they're going through things we feel them even we don't understand what's going on and uh, I definitely do that a lot with Maya um, because we seem to have very similar paths and we seem to fight spirits in the same way. So I remember I was um, in the bed and, and I was kind of tossing and turning and the enemy began to um, 
attack me with the spirit of fear because again the enemy knows those things um that we're most vulnerable about and so for me um it's definitely about my children and something happening to them and those that i love and so he began to tell me it was so it was just i just got this feeling like something bad was going to happen to you maya and i was like wait a minute wait 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 and i i'm telling you i remember um as i was it was almost like i was dreaming but it was as if um your ex-husband had done something to you and the enemy was trying to take me on this journey of us coming out there um where you are and not being able to find you and um then finding out that you had been killed and all the grief and me trying to come back um to my home and and pick up my life i mean i could feel the anguish yeah. as a mother just from that and i remember so quickly it was like it was almost like i dream and i jumped up and i began to 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 speak against it and i was like oh no 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 and i began to with everything in me i began to tell the the enemy no you cannot have Maya and I began to call every scripture I ever knew over you about you know no weapon formed against you shall prosper and I began to tell him you know I don't have the spirit of fear but a power of love and a sound mind and I began to read Psalm 91 I mean it is a spiritual fight and I remember so vividly um me having to do that all to that morning and then I remember calling you and uh, and I couldn't get you at first So I just I was like wait 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 yep. wait wait yeah yeah I'm calling and so I'm I'm fighting in the spirit and then my my flesh is starting to try to have fears so, oh well you can't call you know my normal answer is the phone something must have happened I kept saying no I know I know the God I serve I know I know and I just I just had to stand and I am telling you when I heard your voice oh my goodness and then when you then said I said, "Mary, are you okay?" I said, "I can't really explain it, but I just have this feeling it's almost like something is after you. Something's trying to hurt you." And then you said, "Mom, my friend told me the same thing." I said, "Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, this this is this, this is uh fasting and prayer, you know, intensive one-on-one." I said, "My that's I know. I know what to do. I know to to even go more deeper into fasting and praying and standing that, you know, no weapon from you gets your your prosper and this feeling of um we talk about it so often that, that you know that death the walk through the valley of the shadow of death and how death has kept chasing us i mean it has chased me for years and years and years since you know your grandfather died and then your your father died and then my mother died and then and this kept it was like death was just chasing me and i was like no and i just had to keep speaking psalm 23 and then i had to keep speaking over you um that you shall not die but live to declare the works of the Lord. And I had to say that over and over and over and that's what I did. And that's what I just kept speaking that no, she's she's not dying. She not will not die of premature death. That I knew God had a calling on your life and I didn't care who was trying to come at you in whatever way, whether it was your ex-husband or anyone else. I just said no, absolutely not. And that's the stand that we really have to have because when you start to well you know maybe and I'm no 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 <laughs> and so I just told the enemy no no absolutely not there's there's not possible you cannot have her 
Um, so yes, uh, they, we talk about overcoming. Um, you know, that's the whole theme of, of the podcast, right? We overcome by the words of our testimony, by the blood of the lamb. So it was God's word. I had to speak while that fear was trying to well up in me as a mother. Um, I knew God's word was more powerful than my feeling. And so I had to fight through that. Um, and, and that's exactly how we won that. That's exactly God. how we won it. And it was, and exactly, she, and it was, we've had to fight on two fronts because it was the craziest thing, time of my life. I'm not going to lie. I felt like, like they, you know how in TV shows you see like the Grim Reaper, the spirit of death. I felt as if there was a shadow following me. I felt Stop like, right there for a second, like, Kamaya. Stop right there. Mm-hmm. Go to the 23rd song. I want you to look at the 23rd song. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it says, look, verse woo! four. Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That is a real thing. God is letting us know. The enemy has a bounty on your head. I know he does. But I want you not to fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Who? Thy rod and thy staff to comfort me. He's saying, I am the good shepherd. He has a rod and a staff. I am the good shepherd. And although, right? The shadow of death is pursuing. I'm yeah. going to make sure. Verse yeah. 5. That's right. That's thou. Right. Now, this is David speaking to God prophetically. Thou preparest a table before me. God, you pre- prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. That means haters beware. You got to watch. Right? And he says, thou anointest my head with oil. I'm putting that anointing on you. Yeah. Right? that they ain't gonna understand the kind of oil that you're running or you're working with, right? And then he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you. Watch this, right? I should tell my, my mom, how is it that certain ethnic groups, when they do crime, they do it good. You ever look at the Jews when they do fraud, they do it so good that even in our sin, God is saying, I am going to allow my mercy to follow you that when you get right, that you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Okay. We got to look at the scriptures for what they say and understand. This is why the Bible says to study, to show thyself approved. What does that mean? Not reading your daily morsel every day and check the box. Talking about, I read my scriptures for the day. I'm good. And still don't know nothing. <laughs> Listen Bad. to me. I get on my mama. I'm like, Ma, how you save since Jesus was a baby? You don't have a Bible dictionary nor concordance. How you studying? Y'all, let me tell y'all right now. You know why? The Bible says what? That the uh, uh, what's the scripture? Um, um, uh, 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 Lord, it just slipped my mind. In in essence, I'm paraphrasing. You know why we're destroyed? For For lack of knowledge. Okay, we don't know nothing. So when this jokers, these phony baloney, Balaam clan prophets get on here and start telling y'all, oh, so $2,000 for your next level of wealth and breakthrough. The devil is a liar. If you was reading your word, you know that's fugazi. But we so desperate and we're so ill-equipped, we fall for the okie doke. Tell me that's anybody right. that has ever sown a seed to a prophet and God moved. It don't happen because you can't pimp God. You can't. That's what I'm saying. Right? Let me give you another scripture real quick. I feel like preaching right now. Come on. Right? Come on with it. Cause look, Isaiah 54, 17 says, right? No weapon formed against you 
Yes. God is saying you at war. That don't mean you don't do nothing. What do we do when we're at war? The weapons form, but we have what? Put on the full armor come of on, God. Come on. Right? Come on. Right? That's what the Bible says. Put on the full armor of God. Any military movie that you've seen, when that siren goes off, what the men do? They put on their armor and they grab our weapon. No, when the siren goes on for us, we eat more Cheetos. <laughs> for real, we get a chocolate cake. Right? It says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. But this is a conditional statement. And every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Who is rising up against you in judgment? The enemy. Amen. Listen, let me, this thing that Wayne is believing me for, I'm going to present it because I got to find some sin that he involved in that he ain't repent from so he can go and uh, I can go according to Zechariah chapter 3 and accuse him and see what the enemy does right we don't realize that sin is connected to the blood through generations so now when he can't find no sin in us he go look at grandmama pearl (laughs) right grandmama pearl used to play numbers and was gambling on the lolo and running the joint and we ain't never know and then she used to take that money, go down to Louisiana, and go to the juju man, and like, listen, I want to put a spell on my bloodline to keep bad things from happening from them. <laughs> Grandmama Pearl ain't knew no better, and we saved, we Holy Ghost filled, we know how to dance. Let me, let me just tell y'all dancers in the church, dancing ain't never changed a thing. The devil don't care if you dance. Dance all you want. Yep. As long as I got the legal right, right. I got them. You can dance, bump into the wall, fall, roll around on the ground, get dirty, speak in <laughs> tongues until your tongue falls out your mouth. As long as he has the legal right, it doesn't matter. See, we get so spiritual and we, oh Lord, and oh, that, that, what the devil just looking at us and laughing. Why? Because I got this document over here that says I can do this to Wayne, but we don't know. Let's look back at the scripture, right? Now, now, now the enemy, right? He has already formed the weapons. And God is saying, if you do these things, it won't prosper. And every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. What is, how do you condemn an enemy who has raised up against you in judgment? You know how you do that? The blood of Jesus is my plea. Amen. That's right. That's okay. Right. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Accuser. Yeah, you right. You right. You right. I was looking at that lady too long. I made two, two turns. My head snapped back twice. And in my mind, I went back to when I was 17. The devil is a lie. You're right. I did that. But I repent. I repent of my sins, my transgressions, and my iniquity. Therefore, the blood of Jesus speaks better than the blood of Cain, Abel. Man. Okay? So now I have the ability to condemn the judgment because my in my righteousness is in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we would be the righteousness of God in him. So go ahead, Mr. Devil. Why are you over there trying to get a case against me? I'm over here repenting. I'm over here getting right with God, right? And then it says, you've condemned them, right? With your repentance, with the blood of Jesus being your plea. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me. So the devil says, yo, God is saying to the enemy, yeah, homeboy, yeah, I know what you're trying to do, but guess what? I don't see Wayne. I don't see Kamaya. I see Jesus. I see Jesus. Look at Daniel chapter seven. 
The Bible says that the Ancient of Days came in and sat down, and all the men in white linen, and all the angels, and the books were opened. What books? You know those monitoring spirits that, you know, you open your eye in the middle of the night, you could swear somebody was just in the room? Yeah, that was that Negro that was with his, his clipboard and his pen writing down, uh-huh. He was watching porn on his little phone. Mm-hmm. He was having conversation with some woman that he shouldn't be having at 11 o'clock at night. Uh-huh. I see all that. All right, let me report. And they go, and they bring a case against you. And God has no choice but to rule on their behalf because you never showed up. That's right. Oof. Man. Okay. Listen. The Bible says the just shall be delivered by knowledge. That's it. That's y'all it. Keep going in, y'all keep going into these rooms and giving these people y'all money. Keep going. Keep going into these rooms, these phony baloney prophets. Oh, I hear the Lord said there is 10 people in here tonight that got $700. I'm like, I can't believe I'm witnessing this. But y'all would, y'all ain't giving the deliverance ministers no money. We tell them thank you and may the Lord bless your ministry. The devil is a liar. And so if we have the knowledge to navigate the courts of heaven, to navigate what salvation is, to navigate what repentance is, to navigate what is on our bloodline, to understand the curses that come with altars. And yeah, let me talk to y'all at Pledge uh, Alpha, Beta, whatever the heck y'all be pledging. And, and y'all uh, Masons, my daddy was a Mason, I'm a Mason, I'm an Eastern Star, I'm an AKA on a Sora. Y'all going to hell. I'm telling you. Straight up, I ain't trying to sugarcoat it, make it sound nice. Repent. Because God will not be your side dude. God will not be your side chick. Break those covenants. Destroy those altars. Get them devils off your bloodline. Let me tell you, there is not a person that has ever pledged to a sorority, a mason, an eastern star that didn't have trouble in their family. I'm telling you, because I know that. That's real. No, that is real. I don't know one person that don't either. Like, I'm what I, and you know what? We can see it. This isn't like speculative. We can actually see it. Like, I think people, they get, like, that's what I know the devil works hard and try to keep so many people blind. But pray that the Holy Spirit will take the scales off your eyes, like He did for me, where I was able to just look at my family, look at other people, and you see it play out. A lot of times, those those manifest into a lot of sicknesses cancers all type of stuff in the body and it's like now the whole family got cancer like how does that how does that normal how long are we gonna sit aside right and let generations of our family succumb to cancers how long are we gonna sit aside and let generations of the women in our family have fibroids ovarian cancers and all this type of stuff how long are we gonna sit along and watch our sons go away to prison right how long are we going to sit along and watch our sons die in the street, either by the hands of police? And let me just clarify that, because some of us do need a boot in our tail because we're disrespectful. But that don't mean we got to die in the streets. Okay? There's a curse of criminality in many of the black communities across America. Okay? And we always want to blame the police. How come? Listen, my sister lives in an affluent neighborhood, and I make jokes about it, but I'm, I'm serious. I'm like, can somebody just bust one shot, please? Right? It's a joke, right? We never see the police, ever. And even when the police approach you, they want to know if you are right. Why? Because of what is expected for certain communities. Why, if you live on Flatbush and Church Avenue, you can't go a day without hearing a gunshot, a siren, people running? Why? 
but we want to blame the police. No, we got to look at it from a spiritual perspective and know what principalities and powers are working in our community. That's right. I went to Atlanta a couple months ago. I'm like, this place feel like the devil. I'm, we just driving through. Why is this heavy feeling of perversion? Yep. And yep. you know, I'm from New York. You know, I, I, I like to lay hands on people, not in the name of Jesus, and then ask Jesus to forgive me. I had to check myself, bruh. Know what you're experiencing. Discern this thing by the spirit and not the flesh. If we look at our families, we look at our communities, we look at our own lives, if we pay attention and we ask for the Holy Ghost to reveal to us, he will show you. He will show you. Absolutely. And and one of the things I want to say too, on top of that, like the ability to overcome definitely, number one was fasting that definitely was the start for me. And number two was I had the word of God and I was declaring and speaking that that's how I, that's how you're supposed to pray is speak the word of God. God says, remind me of my word. That's so important. And I think when you don't have that, that's what the devil is hoping that, that you don't have the, that exact scripture to nail him and to actually get free from things and to be able to stand in faith because you can't, it's very hard to stand in faith when you don't know what God said. Correct. And that's what saved my life. No lie. My mom, and that's why I said that was just a crazy time in my life because I was Correct. in the valley of the shadow of death. I felt it. I literally felt it. I said, mom, I think something, the enemy has got something planned. I don't know what it is. I'm feeling the death. I mean, death was definitely, that was the ultimate plan. I don't didn't know how. And all I did was I started grabbing every scripture I knew about protection, life. And I declared it not knowing. I mean, I knew my mom would, but we weren't directly having this conversation because I was just in the heat of it, but she was doing the same thing. And I'm thanking God that I'm here today. God led me to actually get demons cast out of me and more things got revealed about my bloodline. And I think that might help some of you because I'm going to tell you, it helped me. It helped a lot of things got revealed during my deliverance that I could, that I didn't know. And I couldn't have known because of, there was a lot of family members that's already passed. There's a lot of family members I don't associate with because of the idolatry and the different things they're a part of. And so I thank God that through deliverance, fasting, continuously speaking the word of my life, I got set free. And I I remember it was like lights got turned on. I could see things so clearly. I saw things so spiritually and I finally, the tides of my life started to change. And it wasn't, so, it wasn't like I was running anymore. It was like I actually had a stance and I had, I, I had victory and I've been seeing continual victory and that is through the power of God. And so, Wayne, we just want to thank you for being here today. 